0: I feel like I tend to obviously I talk about me being a mom often, but I don't like dive into parenting because I don't want to alienate any listeners who aren't parents. But as a parent and as the host of this show, obviously there needed to be a time when I dove in to being a mom. And what's funny is I think a lot of you might, if you know me, Um, and if you're a listener, you might describe me as a curmudgeon, which if you get to know me, I am not a curmudgeon, but I definitely fall into negative space way more than positive space, which I'm always actively trying to change. Uh, and I am an avid Peloton fan. And I think I've talked about Peloton in the past, a couple episodes and you know if you're a peloton person or a cycling person the instructors are very um they're very positive and they're always um uplifting and looking at the like bright side of shit instead of the negative side of shit um and sometimes that works for people and sometimes it doesn't and i came across my guest this week on social media first and then that drew me to her podcast, and she is a Soul Cycle instructor, and so her very positive, um, you know, outlook on life really made sense to me. <laughs> and she is a mom, and she has one kid, which is something that we talk about a lot on this episode because there's just so much judgment around everything related to being a parent. It's so much fun. Um, Danielle McCleary is my guest today. She also is a host of her own podcast called On The Daily Podcast. And it's not... I think that uh, episodes range from like 30 to like 55-ish minutes. She also has like short little blips that she'll post sometimes. And they just are... When you're in the midst of a shitty week, uh, just like a little uplifting or like a kind of someone putting their hand on your shoulder and telling you that it's fine, like you're fine. But something that we talk about briefly on the episode, which I think is so interesting, and probably a lot of people don't talk about it a lot, and probably a lot of people in the past year have been. Just around the same people, and maybe haven't had, I don't know, the energy to have conversations like this. But we've all been going through a pandemic in the last year, and it has been, for the most part, super negative for many people. Either your life has changed, you're stuck at home. Your kids are annoying after a couple of days. Your spouse is getting on your nerves. Your partner's getting on your nerves. Your family's getting on your nerves. Um, it's hard to look at anything positive. But if we've been going through something so insanely different uh, for a year and haven't taken any time to learn something about ourselves, that's positive. Like if nothing, not a single positive thing has come out of this pandemic for you, even if it's like you read a book and you haven't read a book in 10 years, or you, I don't know, cooked more than you had in the past, in your past life, or even if you realize that you don't like a a friend in your life, or you don't like your spouse, or you want to have kids, or like there has... I would be very surprised if you take five minutes to think about it or 10 minutes and there's not something that comes from this pandemic. And then maybe from time to time, just think about that one thing and you're like, oh, maybe the past year hasn't been that bad. So without me chatting any more to you guys before you listen to this great, great episode, I give you Danielle McCleary, Today's False Expectation is motherhood. There's a lot that goes around, uh, being a mom and even being a parent. There's a lot of judgment and a lot of shame. And so I hope that you listen and connect to some part of it. And, and most of all, just, I hope that you enjoy it. All right. So, Danielle, thank you so much for being on False Expectations today with me. We are so happy to have you. We being my listeners, they don't even know it yet. Oh, well, I'm really happy to be
1: here. Thank you. Hi.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to start by giving just a little bit of advice that I think is a little bit funny and something that people um might need or want to hear. So, I discovered Danielle first on Instagram and that led me to listening to your podcast. And, you know, through discovering your content and your podcast, I thought that there would be this really interesting dynamic between the two of us having a conversation about false expectations. So I did what anybody would do in like this day and age and I DM'd you and I talked about this in a earlier episode, but the like worst part about having a podcast is making yourself vulnerable to like reach out to people and being okay with them, you know, not responding. Uh, but I reached out to you and you responded and we had this like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like it, it, it'll be a nice fit. You're going to come on. And I said to you that I was going to send you an email to like move this thing forward. And you were like, Awesome. Like, so responsive, email. sent, And I am very anal, so I sent you an email. And then yeah. I, like, silence. And I was like, oh, my God. And this is what I do in my head. I'm like, what did I... I'll reread the email. I'm like, did I say something wrong? What did <laughs> I say? And so I was like, you know what? She's busy. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to annoy her. And then... I don't know. I think like three days went by and I was like, I have to, I'm going to suck it up because I think this is going to be good and I need us to chat. And so needless to say, I pinged you and my email went to your spam. Yeah, it did. And so the purpose of me sharing that, which like maybe seems like, okay, Dina, nobody cares is sometimes it's okay to be annoying. You're not annoying.
1: Pleasant (laughs) consistent.
0: Well, I mean, if I was constantly following up, yeah. But uh, it's all that's to say, sometimes, guys, our emails go to spam. Yes. And, like, you need – you do need to follow up. And you're your own advocate, right? Like, if I I never followed up with you, who knows what would have happened because you have your own business going on. Not saying, like, oh, you're, like, going to forget about me. But, like, you have your own thing going on. This was mine and I wanted you. And so – check your spam guys. That's all.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was starting, I remember when you wrote me back and you were like, I sent you an email and I was like, what? Cause I am such a, I get back. Like I'm, mm. I respond. Like I'm that's, I believe in like time integrity. Right. And even if I don't have time to answer something, I will always be like, I've seen this. I promise you I'm going to get to it. Like I'll respond with a, like, I'm going to respond to this. And so when I, I, I remember going like, well, maybe she just got busy and like, you know, I'll follow up with her in a couple weeks or something when, you know, if who knows life happens. Right. And so it was so good that you reached out. And in that moment I was like, okay, well also this is a really good gut check because you know, don't be afraid to reach back out. Like it's on my end too, you know?
0: But also
1: like, oh my
0: God, what other emails that's happened to me before too. Where like, I don't expect actual emails to ever go to my spam and they do and I'm just like what the hell
1: that's not supposed to happen oh yeah all the time like really important emails will go to spam and I'm thinking Google hi what <laughs> like help, thank help you me for, thank you for trying to decide what I find valuable but I'll take it from here <laughs> thanks
0: for deciding that my smoothie subscription is junk because it's not yeah God. Okay. So, Danielle, thank you again for being on False Expectations for my audience. I, you know, I consider you like this for me since I've discovered you, like this eternal optimist that's really, you know, helped me be a little bit more positive. Um, You are a host on a podcast called On the Daily. You are an instructor on Soul Cycle. You are a mom. You're a fiance. But, You know, how would I I want you to sort of maybe give your own little background or introduction to my listeners, if you could.
1: Yeah. So. Hi, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) my name is Danielle McCleary. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. I've lived a lot of other places. I actually lived in England for four years. I went to school in San Diego. Hmm. Um, I grew up dancing professionally. So I have a dance background, a theater background. I went to school for theater and dance. I got my master's in theater education. So I've kind of always been a performer. I've always been um, someone who likes to teach others, help others. That's kind of always been in my blood as well. So um, after I got my master's, I had already been working in the entertainment industry for close to a decade. So I decided that I was tired of doing that. Hmm and I found fitness and obviously growing up a dancer, I was always, always in fitness, but I found fitness from a different, different lens, uh, which was soul cycle. And I decided because I was on hiatus from a show I was current I was working on at the time on Disney channel. I was on hiatus. I decided I would get a part-time job at soul. Can you say what show or no? Yeah, it's called ant farm. It was a show on Disney channel, like years ago, like seven, eight years ago. Oh, I'm just wondering if my son watched it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was on hiatus from that show. And so I found soul and worked the front desk because I wanted to work out for free. And then, Smart. yeah, it was the mo- one of the most brilliant choices I've made. Um, mm-hmm. and at that time was also going through a divorce. So then I became a soul cycle instructor and that was eight years ago. Um, you know, I've, I've since gotten and I've since finished my divorce. I got in another relationship. I had a baby. I got, I broke up with that relationship. Now my son is five and I am engaged to the most incredible woman. Her name is Breezy. And, um, yeah, we still live in LA. I'm still a instructor at SoulCycle. cycle. I'm a host of a podcast. I'm a network marketing professional. I'm a brand curator. I'm a wellness enthusiast. And I consider myself a I guess like a fitness event, like evangelist, just mm. kind of. I love fitness from all perspectives, but I I also believe that like energy and you know can coexist with fitness. So.
0: And by evangelist, you mean like trying to get people like f- empowered to do it too.
1: Yeah, and it, from a different way of not just like oh, work out because it'll help you lose weight. Like I actually don't care about weight. Loss, like obviously, if that's a goal people have, great, and like Mm -hmm. I support you in whatever your goals are. But I think fitness should be more about how it makes you feel, um, and what it empowers you to do outside of whatever that fitness journey is. Um, Mm. I think that's where you know if your fitness journey is working. If it's if it's running off into your everyday life, so. Yeah, I I would say like a fitness event, like, yeah, evangelist in terms of I want everyone to be able to find a journey that works for them Mm -hmm. and let it be what empowers them to be their best, most authentic self, you know, and whether that's fitness or wellness or who knows what
0: something that i think is interesting that you're hitting on i mean i know that you've seen there's commercials that sort of make fun of a peloton or soul cycle because the instructors are screaming at you and i have not done soul cycle yet but i have done peloton and i com- i just disagree i actually think that what peloton has done for me is what you're saying which is it's just made me feel like I'm not saying the community part of it really is the thing that connects for me, but I think that the instructors are not yelling at you. I think that they are actually empowering you and they're making you feel like you're doing something that's worth it and not just from a weight loss perspective. And not just, it's just like a, it's an all around feeling. I can't explain it. It's like a euphoria that they're trying to help you achieve. And it's not yelling and it's not boot campy. I mean, there's, there could be those things yeah um but i think that sometimes that space gets a bad rap and it needs to be like remarketed or redefined or something
1: i agree with you i think that i i trust me like the snl skits of soul cycle i love them mm-hmm. and actually soul cycle funded those so like we're all about them too but i also very much feel that if an instructor is doing their job correctly in a place like SoulCycle or on the Peloton app, right? If you can leave that experience. And I'll I'll use Peloton or, or like the at-home SoulCycle bike as an example because obviously when you're in the actual space, right? When you come to a let's say a SoulCycle class and it's not mm-hmm. COVID and you're inside and you're, you know, body to body with other sweaty humans who are Mm. working their hardest and the lights are off and the candles are lit and the music is pumping and the, the instructor has like very carefully curated a playlist that is a journey and has its own arc um that's there's elements involved that's going to help you feel the way that you feel when you leave that room and that goes beyond just what their words are obviously their words if they're if they're doing their job right their words are going to land because they're they're not scripted they're coming out as they come but let's take the at home platform okay so you have you have these instructors everybody thinks like oh peloton instructor soul cycle at home instructor you're just you know getting in front of the camera and you're just like saying a bunch of shit and like hoping that it lands and I think that what people miss is instructors in that space give everything they have. And most of us started in that field and in that industry. Like when I started as a soul cycle instructor, I did it because I genuinely wanted to add value to other people's lives. I knew that I had life experiences that were wild that had gotten me through some pretty dark shit. And I could then maybe help somebody else to feel like they weren't alone in whatever journey mm-hmm. they were on. And mm-hmm. it and I know a lot of instructors, both for Peloton and SoulCycle. And who uh, like buries that boot camp at home, like wherever mm. you want to think about. And it's if instructors doing it right and they're there for the right reasons, it is so much more than just you have this. Like it is, it is. Yeah. You can have a a real transformative experience because you know, what is it that we're there to do? Right. We're there to make sure that you leave better than when you came in, that you leave feeling like you can do anything in this life that you want because you can, and that you are stronger and more capable than you've ever imagined. That's the goal. And that you want to come back. Yes. Of course.
0: I mean like if, if people are screaming at you in the wrong way. You're not going to want to come back. So anyway. I just wanted to clear that up. So if I can be. And I know that I can be. Because this is like what I do. But if I can be completely honest. I am not the most optimistic person in the world. Um if you're a listener, you know this about me. I've gone through, maybe I've not gone through, yeah, I've gone through some shit um, in the span of like five years, um, which has made me a little bit more negative than I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. And once my son was diagnosed with leukemia and I experienced lots of loss, like in that same year, I definitely, I had my lowest year mentally, Mm. which for me Just made me, not right away, but it made me start diving into like more self-reflection and growth, Uh, which is great. But I also, as I'm continuing to grow and evolve, just wish that I had done it sooner. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so different and great to have you on because you're such a positive and uplifting presence in your, all of your content. And maybe even for my listeners, it's like a nice juxtaposition to have you versus me. Now that's not to say like, i am st- I've started a blog and I started this podcast because I want people to understand that like sitting in that kind of feeling or misconception about life, um, it's okay. And you're not wrong. Um, and so With that being said, each week on here, I talk about one false expectation. Sometimes I have guests, sometimes I don't. Depending on the guest, there might be more than one false expectation that we talk about. But I thought that this week we could conquer what I think is one of life's biggest misconceptions, which is parenting.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's my shit. Let's talk about
0: that. Cool. And so my... I would say, you know, firstly, my first misconception about parenting is that I thought I wanted to have more than one kid. And then I had one kid and I was young, like I could at this point probably have like three or four. But I and I had a kid when I was young um, and I never wanted to have another one, which is crazy because when I grew up, uh, I grew up with I'm one of three. I just thought like you're supposed to do what your parents do. Like they had three. So I have three. Right. Um, How. How did you like as you were growing up and thinking about your adult life? Like, what was kids
1: for you? Uh, when I was growing up, I was never getting married and I was never mm-hmm. having children. Cool. My parents got divorced when I was two. Mm. Um, my mom was remarried when I was six. She's still married to my stepdad, he's so awesome. Awesome. My dad was remarried three times, three times, two times, <laughs> two or three times after my mom. Okay. Um, and I think I never saw there, there was no like sanctity of marriage that I mm-hmm. saw. Not that like, I still believed in it. And I still thought like, people but it just wasn't ever something i was chasing um and therefore i was never going to have children because i liked the idea of being selfish with my time and i think in my mind one of my false expectations was that when you become a mom that's all you have um when you become a mom all you have is what is like the time are- a mom Right. Like that was what I thought. And so mm-hmm. I was never going to do that because I had dreams. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do all these things. And you just can't mm-hmm. do that when you're a mom because my mom mm-hmm. was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And I love her for it. She was so, so good at it. But I knew that was never going to be me. So <laughs> so then when I did get married at 20.
0: <laughs> mm. It <laughs> um, happens
1: and like moved to England and traveled all over the world and then we got divorced and then I met my son's dad we fell madly in love i got pregnant like 6 months after we started not even it was like 4 months after we started dating because he was actually born on our 1 year anniversary my wow. son wow. and i struggled with an abortion like and this is like nothing i mean obviously everybody has so many different polarizing ideas about abortion um, for me, it was like, I don't know this person, and I don't know, I'm not ready to be a mom, and like, I'm not gonna bring this child into the, whatever that was like in my mind. And then, like, the day before, I, I, this something, it was like something spiritual or cosmic or universal came over me and was like, no, this, you have to keep this child. Like, you're, you're hmm. meant, this child is meant to be on this planet at this time. And he, and, and I knew it was a boy, and he chose you. And that's what went through my head. And so, I mean Owen changed everything. I mean he was he he's the best thing that ever happened to me and I realized simultaneously that I still could be me and it wasn't I didn't have to give up anything to be a mom. What a concept. Crazy. Uh
0: so once so now he's 5. He's 5. Once you had him was there a moment where you were like, "Oh wait, I could do more of these?"
1: <laughs> yeah, it oh no, I was never That was never going to happen. I was like, as soon as I had Owen, I was like, great. Did that. Did it. Never happening again. Because also, again, back to like me wanting to be selfish with my time. Now I really wanted to be selfish and just love this kid.
0: Yeah, that I think is actually a controversial statement because I 100% agree with you. And something that i talk my husband and i talk about a lot is like and i know there's everybody has more than one kid so just like let me i'm gonna just say what i feel it's like how can you love enough them both at the same time and like at the same amount and i, I just i don't know I, one was the right thing for it was just right
1: yeah And like too, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, everybody says, oh, well, your heart just grows and you just, you know, you learn to love others. But this is where, uh, this is another, if we're talking false expectation, this is a false expectation because that's assuming that every single person is exactly the same. mm -hmm. And and like, I am a very self-aware human being. I know that, yes, of course I could love another child. Of course I could. Do Mm -hmm. I want to? Mm-hmm. that's what people, that's hard for people to hear when I'm like, I don't want to love another child. Right. I don't want to love this person, this child with everything I have. Because it's like, I even think about my dogs. I have three dogs. And one of them just passed away a week ago when we're filmed like, obviously we're recording this at a, at a different time than when it's coming out. But when we're recording this in this moment, she died a week ago. And like, I have other dogs. I love my other dogs. None of those dogs compared to Maggie, you know? So mm. it's, it's like, I know myself. And It's And I think if you know that about yourself, then uh, do I think my mom loves all three of her children equally? I think I'm her favorite. (laughs) Same. I think that too. Are you you the youngest? You know. Are you the youngest? I think everybody's different.
0: No. What? Are you the youngest?
1: No, I'm the oldest.
0: Oh, interesting. I'm the youngest. Um... Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I And I also think there's a misconception around um, an only child is going to be like a spoiled brat uh, because, totally. hey, you want to know why a kid's a spoiled brat? Because you're potentially not parenting them the way that they need to be parented. So they're not a fucking spoiled brat. Right. Um, Something that happened um, once my son got sick was like people were saying things to us like, uh, this is why you have more than one. <gasps> can you imagine? Ooh. And, and this is the perfect time to have another one, which what? for some why? people so that maybe. If
1: gets sicker, you have like a backup. Is that what they were saying?
0: I can only assume that's what they were oh, saying. No. Mm-mm. And. The other thing was like this is the perfect time to have another one. So what you're like distracted? Like I needed to be in it. Like I needed to be okay. fully aware and like de- dedicate my whole time to that. So how old uh, was your
1: son when he was diagnosed with leukemia? Six. How old is he now? Ten. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he in remission? So he
0: just what is today? February something a month ago, he just completed his chemo therapy. Wow. What a ride. Yeah. And he, it's crazy. It's a create, it's still a ride. Yeah. Um, and going through the end of it during a pandemic is just not what we
1: expected it to be. So it's we very about False expectations.
0: Ugh. well, talk about yeah, doing it's...
1: anything medical in during COVID. That is oh, a false it's...
0: expectation. Ugh. Totally. It's been a a really bad last year, but so on that point, something that I want to dive into and like, see what you think about it is, um, mom shaming, which I never thought it would be a thing. Like I thought you like become a mom and you enter into this like club of moms, but it's not, it's like you're in these different cliques of momdom. Like, uh, for instance, I didn't breastfeed, and the shame around that is crazy. Also, yeah, you got eaten if, alive for that. Oh my God. But then, if you did breastfeed, you there's like a group, of, I, I don't know. How long like did a, you
1: breastfeed for? And oh,
0: where did you breastfeed? Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, mm-hmm. what are your.
0: Did you feel that? And like with being such a having just such a positive outlook, like how did you or how and how do you uh, navigate that type of negativeness that comes
1: around, comes with being a mom? Yeah, that's a good question. Um Two questions, plural. Uh, <laughs> the answer. Yes, that happens all the time to me. More. <laughs> More than I can count, actually. Um, mm-hmm. A couple examples. I was immediately shamed because I went back to work really quickly. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, what n- nobody really understood was I had I got really horrible postpartum depression actually, because mm. um, you have this person who teaches a soul cycle class ten times a week up until four days before they give birth on the bike, so I was still riding ten times a week up until wow. four days before giving birth, and then all of a sudden, and my son was breech from like twenty weeks on, so I had to have like a very scheduled C section, mm-hmm. um, which again was not what I wanted, and that came with its own shame, self shame, but also shame mm-hmm. from others because. I wanted an all natural, like very unmedicated water birth. Like here, I am woman, hear me roar. Like this is Mm. what I was designed for. Let's fucking do this. Right. And then I had to schedule a C-section and have like a very medicated C-section. And the shame that came with that of like, oh, well, didn't you try to turn him? And, you know, maybe if you wouldn't have taught so long on the bike or maybe if you would have gained more weight, you know cuz i only gained 13 pounds. You know, oh, well, yeah, of course he wouldn't turn, you know. He he didn't have any room to turn or you know. That doesn't really, even make any sense. It didn't make any sense. I my thought of why he didn't turn is because i was teaching on the bike and i was like i wouldn't want my head like down there where i'm like being bounced around like up top <laughs> there's like a it's a little bit cushier. Like i don't blame the kid, you know. But also my son is an aquarius and he has always danced to the beat of his own drum. So none of it surprises me now, but yeah. I mean, I nursed, but I wouldn't pump because pumping absolutely made my postpartum worse because it wouldn't work mm. as well. He was a great nurser and I never planned. Re- I don't know if I ever planned on nursing. I think my whole thought on nursing was like, cause I was the first woman in my family to, to breastfeed. Um, my whole thought was great. If it works, awesome. It's free. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't yeah. work, I'll figure it out we'll wing it, you know, we'll get him what he needs to do to eat. And, uh, it worked, worked beautifully. And he nursed exclusively for 14 months. And I can look back at that now and say, yeah, I'm grateful. Um, pumping did not work. I couldn't pump so Wait, there was I need, pain around that.
0: I need clarity for something. Yeah, You didn't pump, but you went back to work. Yeah. So how did, was he with you?
1: No. So I, I was lucky cause I teach at soul. So I was gone maybe three hours at a time. Okay. Um, so his dad and I kind of just said, you know what? He eats great. I'll feed him right before I go. I'll feed him right when I get home. So there was a lot more like of that chained to the baby feel because I couldn't mm-hmm. pump. So I couldn't make bottles. And then there was shame with that because, oh, well, don't you want his dad to be able to feed him and have those moments too? And yeah, I would. That'd be fucking nice, but also, like, my mental sanity is more important because Nicer. if I don't, if I'm not mentally sane, then I can't be a good mom. So fuck off. Like, that's kind of like where I went with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there was shame going back to work, and then when his dad and I broke up, like, there was shame around that because, like, oh, you're gonna break up your family and whatever. I think, in answer to your second question, I think. Yes, I do consider myself an eternal optimist, but I don't want that to get con- like, cons- or confused with – I'm mm-hmm. also I'm also a realist and I'm also – I believe in being very vulnerable. So I have no problem saying like, you know what? Those times were actually some of the hardest times of my life, but also thank goodness I went through them because they've gotten to me where, to where I am today and – you know, where I am today is somebody who gets to who has a platform to motivate and help other people rise from the ashes of like their own shit, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so I think it's not always about being like, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's more about being like, no, this is fucking shitty. Like I hate it. Like for that year after I had my kid, like I could not be away from him for more than three hours at a time because I was Mm. nursing. And if I wasn't nursing, then he wasn't eating. And then when he started eating real food, he started to taper, but like I still couldn't really leave him because we weren't having bottles. And I had a breaking point right around, he turned 14 months and weaned himself. And as soon as he weaned himself and didn't want to nurse anymore, I was like, that's it. I'm going away with my girlfriends. And like, I'm out. Um, And, and yeah, so, but yeah, those, that was, that was a hard time. So it's not, I think I, I am an optimist and I knew that I'd eventually like we'd get through it, but I'm also not, I think, I think the reason why it works so well for me to call myself an eternal optimist is because I, I am okay to say, and we also went through that.
0: Well, Well, yeah, in my opinion, we're nothing without like going through adverse, um, challenges, Totally. why do we think
1: that th- this mom-shaming shit happens? I think it's like, I, honestly, I feel like it maybe comes from insecurities. Totally. Um, this other-than mentality, right? If I'm not doing it, like Dina's doing it. Am I doing it wrong? Well, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever think about that. So instead I'm just going to say that she's doing it wrong because that will help me feel better about my decisions. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it comes from that.
0: There's all this, like, I learned about this in like an, I was talking to somebody who's going through a 12 step program, but like compare and despair. Mm. It's like, stop. And also, here's the other thing. I'm not one to say that I, like, never judged anybody. I am, like, something that I was very strict about with Jackson was sleep. It's, like, an obsession of mine. And, like, but if somebody didn't train their kid to sleep the way that I did, I would never say that to them. Maybe I would say it to my husband. But, like, wh- I'm, like, imagine the, like, gall to be, like, actively... Judging somebody, it's just so bizarre.
1: It doesn't do anything for you except bring you more anguish because you're the one thinking about it. You're the one obsessing over what somebody else is or is not doing. And that person who is or is not doing is living their life. So my whole thing is like, the time you are spending shaming and judging others, that person is not thinking about you, you at all. That person is living their life and doing what they need to do Mm-hmm. To be okay in themselves mm-hmm. and for their families, you know. And I, I was the same way with sleep. Like we sleep trained Owen at eight weeks; he was in his crib, like that was it, and he slept through the night ever since. Never had any problems with sleep. Loves to sleep. Still at five mm-hmm. years old, takes a nap. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. you know, That's and, good for you.
1: But that worked for us, you know. Yeah. And I, I think for like, sure. Do I look at some of my friends who? you know, if they're co-sleeping or their kids a year old and they're still not sleeping well, like, do I sometimes think in my head, like, oh my gosh, I wish you would just like sleep train them because it could really make your life so much better. Sure. But that doesn't, that's not because I think that they should be doing it my way. I just genuinely mm-hmm. care about my friend and I would like to see them be able to sleep again, you know? So yeah.
0: Yeah. But the, so, along with that too, is like people would, so my child never slept a night in our room. Like we, we live in a small place. So like his bedroom's very close by, but like we came home from the hospital and he was in his crib and he's never not, and he's never been in a bassinet or any of that stuff. Mostly, too, because I was like, I don't want people spending all this money for extra paraphernalia that, like, I don't need. It's five steps away, his room. Um, And people would be like, he never slept with you? No. no. He ne- and guess what? Like, he went through the shittiest time of his life and he still wanted his mom and dad by him, even though we didn't sleep with him every single night of his life.
1: So it's like... Right. My son is the most cuddliest little boy. Yeah. In the whole world. I'm like, sure. When he was little, did I let him like take naps on me? Sure. Yes. But yeah, same. I mean, he was in a bass. His, his room was a little farther away. So he was in a bassinet for like eight weeks and mm-hmm. then we moved him. And, but yeah, like I, it, it that's just what works. Right. Like, Yeah. Well, that's the thing.
0: Different things work for everybody. I just can't, I just can't imagine being the like starter of the shaming. I I really, I can't. So something that you talked about, um, when you were talking about breastfeeding, you said, and if it didn't work, like I will figure out a way to feed my child. There's something that I, I don't talk to mothers about this. Also, I've not had like legit conversations in a year because I've just been in my house. But this concept of like parenting versus keeping your child alive is something that I never thought about until you're kind of past the age of like you kept them alive. And now there's like, you have to start parenting them. Uh, Do you remember potentially like when that sort of hit for Owen?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're kind of in it. Mm. Um, you know, Owen is, and for anybody listening, I mean, I am not telling you, you know, your beliefs here. Like we're not like a religious family, but we're a Mm -hmm. spiritual family. Okay. And, my son has always like told me about his past lives, and oh wow, oh yeah, like wild. And I had a I had a few like of my friends that are either Reiki or they're mediums or something or past life therapy. Like I just, we have a network of people that just come in that work in that field, and mm-hmm. so many people were like, oh yeah, Owen's here for a reason. Owen is here for a reason, and I was like, well, hmm. wow, okay, this crazy, and um, you know, that's why you knew that you were mm-hmm. gonna keep him, yeah. Yeah. And so when he was little, yeah, it was like, I just, just keep you alive. You know, did you laugh today? Did you smile? Did you, you know, get love from your mom and dad? Great. And then when he started to speak and when he started to talk and I, I do the, I really believe in like radical listening. um, The kind of listening that you go, like you listen without judgment. And I think a lot of, when it comes to parenting a lot of parents as their kids start to you know develop personalities and talk and you know have opinions they will oh you know don't say that or that's weird or you mm. know they there's like that stifling thing and i've never that's never been what worked like for for me and my relationship with my son i let him lead and i don't mean walk all over me and decide what he what the rules are but i mean if he wants to tell me a story that's 20 minutes long about something mm-hmm. that I absolutely have never seen in this life, I'm going to let him because mm-hmm. there's something there that is really special. And I think as we get indoctrinated kind of into this like society of rules and school and this is everything being compared to like one thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's when we start to get, you know, kids that that grow up to be shamers, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I actually think that it, the fact that you brought that up made me think about something that if you are a new parent or are a parent, something that somebody told me once that really hit for me. And I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy for me, like what you just said. Sometimes when my son's telling us, sometimes I don't listen fully. And I like, after that, feel really bad. But um, it's something that for me, I have to actively work on in terms of what type of child I want to be raising, like thinking about that in my head. But I have big control issues. I like to be in control of all of the things that are happening in my house. And it's something that I do constantly work on. But I remember, I think my son was three or four. And I was at a friend's house at her like mom's pool or something like that and she was making lunch for everybody and she was like what is what do you want was jackson want i was like i guess peanut butter and jelly and jackson said he wanted to make it and i was like do not let him make your kitchen's gonna i can't even imagine what he's gonna look like if you let him make peanut butter and jelly and she said just let him make it who cares Who cares if he has jelly all over his body? Who cares if he has peanut butter all over his face? Like, who? just the who cares of it all Mm. as a controlling person was something that I really had to, like, take a step back and be like, oh, it's a, like, a teachable
1: moment for both of us. And how much we learn from our kids.
0: It is... There's two things that I have learned in since so J- Jackson's 10 in like having a kid and like the past 10 years is a how much your kids how much you learn from your kids and how much your childhood defines
1: your journey. Yeah. It is mind blowing. It really is. I think about my childhood versus even my brother's childhood. So I have a, I have a, my mom and my dad had me and my brother Mason. And then uh-huh. my mom and my stepdad had my brother Garrett. And I was 13 when Garrett was born. So like everybody thought we night were night and like, day. Yeah. Everybody thought we were like, I was his mom, you know, mm-hmm. but. I think about the childhood that my brother Mason had versus the one that I had and like how that's playing into who he is and who I am as an adult. And he's not a parent yet, but like he will be, um, it is so wild. And I think, yeah, I, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you know, I, I was raised to be whatever I wanted to be. My Mm -hmm. dad and I, I lived with my dad for like high school. I was with my mom and then I moved in with my dad in high school. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was always just like, whatever you want to be in this world, do that. And don't worry so much about what other people think. And he's like, and I'm going to give you my opinions as your dad. Like I'm going to tell you to go to business school. But if you choose to do something else, I'm going to support you. And wow. so for me, it was always... I knew that I could be whatever I wanted. And then I, if I got into trouble that like I had a dad that, and, and a mom that would support me through that. Um, mm-hmm. And my brother, he, it's not like he didn't have that, but it was just different, you know? And, and yeah, I, I do, I, I, I've now as a parent, cause I'm kind of a control freak too. Mm. I like to, and it, there's always an instinct for me to be like, oh no, 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 let me do that. Cause I'll do it quicker than you will. And I'll do it more correct. And you know, if he has to like write his name or something for school, I'm like, Oh, let me just write it. And he'll be like, no, I have to write it. And so my practice lately has been like, yep, you write it. It Mm doesn't, it's not, that is outside the lines and that is not how you spell your name, but you know what? That's your truth. So we're going to go with it right now. You know, it's harder. It's easier said than done.
0: It's something interesting that I've watched through this pandemic when like, uh, home, like people, uh, everybody's, you know, virtually learning. <clears throat> My husband's a teacher. So not that I know anything about teaching, but I feel like we have that like inside source, but a lot of people I feel like have become more helicoptery because they're like, it's in front of them. Whereas when your kid's at school and you don't really know what's going on and you're like, did you do your homework? Great. Um, and I, I have I mean guys if the, you have been quarantining for the most part for a year and you haven't done some sort of I'm not growth but like realizing what's more important than something else or just like learning something some sort of new knowledge for yourself in the past year I highly encourage while we're still you know basically in quarantine to just take a step back and look um I totally have taken a step back from that and have let Jackson do his thing. Like he's supposed to be doing school. Parents aren't supposed to be involved. Um, And that's like a big change for me. Uh, Not to say that I'm not making sure that he's like doing his work, but I think it's, that's new for me is to like take a step back and not be like doing his, um, doing his like essays for him because The kid can't write. Um, so, and I've been seeing the opposite. Like, a lot of parents are like doing their kids' projects for them and they're feeling all stressed out because their kids are at home and they have to teach and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I like this is unprecedented. If I hear that word one more time, but like, this is not normal. Just Mm -mm. let it be. I bet you it's the whole thing about, um, Kids who are bedwetters and my, like my ch- kid suffers suffered from that. And it's like, they're not gonna be in diapers when they go to college. Like this year and a half of oddness for our kids, like they're gonna be okay. Well, it right. sucks.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's that's just it. Like, I I had a conversation with a, a mom friend the other day, and she's like, it's so hard to not just like lose my shit when like they're not paying attention on their Zoom or they're not doing their homework or they're not doing anything. And it's like, she's like, I have to constantly take a step back and go. This is weird for me. This is definitely weird for them, mm-hmm. you know. And I, it's interesting though because I, you know, I, I, you hear that saying kids are resilient all the time, and I mm-hmm. do believe that kids are resilient. I do believe that like kids have a certain way of like getting through. Th- like I use the example of like my dad's death with my son. You know, my son is five, so it wasn't very long ago that he was like connected. Like he was, he's very connected to the divine, whatever you believe that is, because he was just there. You know, like he it hasn't been that long, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. able to to see these things, and so like he sees my dad all over the place. Like they talk all the time. Like he's he he told me, mom, just because Papa's not in his human body anymore doesn't mean he's not here. And I'm like, you're five, so mm-hmm. thanks for that. But I do think that we assume. A lot that kids are resilient but by assuming that kids are resilient all the time what happens they're not it's like I I, I have to be very cautious with my son and make sure that he's okay because if I just assume he's a resilient then he's going to bottle things up because he doesn't know how to accurately talk about how he feels like mm-hmm. I, feel. and so then what's going to happen is he's going to end up Later on, letting some of these childhood traumas come out, and then he's going to be one of those people that's shaming people on the internet.
0: He's going to be fucking mom shaming.
1: Right. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think we got to get away from this idea that children are resilient and like, they're fine. Children are fine. They're going to be okay. Like they're just resilient and maybe switch our tune to yes, they are more resilient than most adults that I know. And it's not a, but it's like, and uh-huh. check in with them. And see how That's going.
0: what I was going to say is like, yes, they're resilient. And I actually will say, but, but that doesn't mean not to communicate with them about what the fuck, what's going on in their life.
1: Because, uh, it's going to, it's that whole, upset, if they're upset, because like you said, this is unprecedented times. And if, if you're feeling that as the parent, imagine how they're feeling, <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it, it's funny because I have there. I think a lot of us adults do not think, even though we say it like, oh, kids can feel it when like there's
1: tension, they can fucking feel it. Oh, Their the n- empath level is unreal. Like they don't just, unreal. They don't just feel it. They like take it on. Yeah.
0: Like they might be resilient, but they can, they, are smart. They're also smarter than you think they are. Mm-hmm. And I have like something that I have made sure that we are doing is constantly, Jackson, how are you feeling today? Like, ha- ha- how were your conversations with your friends? Are you asking your friends how they are? Because he had also a circumstance where he really couldn't and hasn't been a- allowed to be around people at all. Um, And so he has That's not interacted
1: with the immune system's been.
0: Yeah, so he's not interacted with children in more than a year, I feel like. Um so you have to constantly yes, resilient doesn't mean that they're fine. It doesn't mean that they're fine and and when I said I think that we're all going to get through this. We don't want to create children that, like, that whole thing of, like, oh, in therapy, they're going to be talking shit about their parents, about how they're like, and then, you know, we are in this pandemic, and I just watched YouTube, and my parents never talked to me.
1: My parents just assumed I was fine, or, like, tried to just, like, put sprinkles on it and call it a day, you know, and it's like, well... I don't know, you know, and I, I have this conversation with my son's dad a lot and like we get along really well, but obviously like two different parents have two different ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like when we had my dad die, I bought Owen this like build a bear that I found a video of my dad singing to him Mm
0: -hmm. that I
1: recorded the voice into the bear so he can squeeze Papa's hand and then Papa sings to him. And his dad was like, I just don't know if that was okay. You know, you're kind of like inundating him with all of this. And I just don't know if that's the right choice. And and he wasn't coming for me. He really, I don't think he, uh, he knew if that was the right choice. And I kind of just said, well, listen, he's five. He has mm-hmm. just as many feelings as I do. Um, he and my dad were just as close as my dad and I were. So if I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, then he is definitely feeling that as well. So if I can give him something that's going to make him feel a little better, I'm going to do it, you know, because it's like somebody gave me a, a, I mean, somebody made me a bracelet that says like Dan, the man on it. And I it brought me comfort. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like how, why wouldn't that be the same for our kids? And I think that sometimes we get into this trap and I mean, I've been there, like we've all been there. Like we get into this trap of being like, oh, well, I just won't talk about that with them because I don't want them to have to like go through those emotions. But I think what we forget is they're probably already going through those emotions. And by you not talking about it, then they are, that is innately teaching them to not talk about their feelings.
0: Mm Mm-hmm acknowledging our kids feelings is actually something that i learned like once i started realizing that like parenting is a job um like acknowledging your kids feelings is just i think that's one of the most important things in being a parent and because it continues throughout their whole
1: life yeah well and it's like you know in the I think about I think about parents that'll say oh well your kid did this to my kid and I that very well could be true but if I'm not going to be the parent that just goes what did my son do and then like smack him like not because I'm trying to like like you stroke his ego but I'm gonna hear what his truth is also Because yeah. his truth could be, well, yeah, I did that because of this, this, and this. And then we can have a conversation. I can be like, okay, <laughs> well, that wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so th- actually this happened at his preschool. So there was a, a little of girl. Of course. Yeah. There was a little girl that was reading a book and this little girl. Owen is very fiercely protective of the things in his life that he loves. He's very, he's a, he will fight to the death for his friends. Mm-hmm. And so there's this little girl that he loves at school. Um, that Apparently they're getting married. Cool. So, I mean, he and I are getting married too, he says. So I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know how that's going to work. But wait until he wants to have sex with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I've heard. Um. Well, <laughs> wait, totally <laughs> off trap totally off topic the day my dad died he goes it's okay mama you don't need to be sad that your dad died because you're gonna marry me and then i'll be your dad and i was like (laughs) okay um you know we'll put that on the table and we'll talk about it later (laughs) okay um but anyway no so there's this little girl that he was really really in love with and she was reading a book and then this kid came up and like took the book and Owen took the book and then hit the kid with the book. Yep. And of course he got in trouble because he hit the kid with the book, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there, there are parts, cause I also, I don't want to raise an asshole. Like I refuse to raise an asshole. So right. I, um, you know, above all else, Owen will be kind is kind of like my my thought. And so when the teacher told me that he got in trouble at school because he, you know, hit a kid, I mm-hmm. immediately was like, what happened? Like, not what did you do? Not why did you hit that kid? I just said, mm-hmm. what happened at school today? And he said, I got in trouble. And I said, I heard what happened. And he goes, I, you know, I hit Adam with a book. I said, okay, <laughs> what led to that? moment. Like how, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, you know, she was reading a book and I like, she was, she wasn't doing anything. And then he took the book and I told him to give it back and he wouldn't. And I got really mad and I hit him with it. And this is when Owen was like four, like he had just turned four when this happened. And so Mm -hmm. that, that moment, I was so proud to be his mom because I was like, first of all, wait to communicate your feelings that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I love how protective you are of your friends and you can't hit anybody. Mm-hmm. And he's never done it since. And he was like, okay. yes." And I said, so what could you have done instead? And he goes, I get, you know, I could have told, you know, miss, miss Evelyn. I said, that would have been I think, a better solution to your problem. Mm -hmm. And so, but there's, I mean, there's always times where I'm, if he, if I see him do something, I will automatically be like, what the fuck did you do? Like, I will, uh, my initial gut will Mm -hmm. be like to just, you know, end it. But Mm -hmm. what I'm coming to learn and like the journey I've been on, especially in the last year is, let's see if we can figure out why this happened. Mm -hmm. Because chances are, there's a reason. And I'm
0: telling you, only because I, when you have those types of conversations, instead of the accusatory conversations, when you have actual conversations and not just like you're in trouble, you're, um, I can't even think of the word, you're punished. That is how your kid grows. Yes. And they potentially won't do the shitty thing again. Um, and I've seen that too. Um, and I mean, God, just parenting as a whole is just, well, and completely goes,
1: right. Well, that goes also for if the, if the tables were turned, like if Owen, yeah. if somebody does something to Owen, you know, of course, as a mom, it's like a fierce mama bear. My initial reaction is like, I'm going to like, I'll Kill like, let yeah. him, you know, but we've also had to kind of stop and be like, well, bud, why do you think that happened? What led to that? And what he learns how to do then is radical listening, radical empathy for other human mm. beings. And that is something, I mean, kids are already so empathetic and they're such empaths anyway, that mm-hmm. if we can really cultivate and nurture that, I think in children, then they grow up to be people that are actually willing to hear another side of the story other than their own.
0: Yeah. That's not
1: uh, these days. And and not be a fucking mom shamer or a power idolizer. Yeah. Somebody who's like, there is my way. And then there is everyone else's way. And everyone else's way is wrong. And I, it's just that cancel culture thing. I just, I have no time for it. I have no time for I it. I completely agree. Okay. I don't want to
0: take up too much. Before I close, I want to ask you, uh, becoming a mom, what has been your biggest expectation that has been proven false aside from the fact, aside from what you said in the beginning, which is like you're a mom and you're just a mom. Mm.
1: Um, That is the biggest one, but I would say (laughs) being a mom, an expectation I had. What's a good one. An expectation I had was that my son would just perfectly fall in line to the way that I imagined him to think, see, do, feel, speak. Mm. And that was false because my son is perfectly individual and perfectly Mm -hmm. unique. And he actually sometimes has very different opinions than me. And that is a huge learning curve and a great teaching moment as a parent to let sometimes like the expectation that I would always lead was false because sometimes I got to let my son lead and it's the best choice I could have ever made. I also heard something once, which I thought
0: was so interesting that I've constantly think about, which is we, when we were younger, always heard things like, oh my God, you're just like your mom. You're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. You're just like your grandpa. You're just, I'm like, well, They're actually like, yeah, they look like you a little bit and they probably have some of your mannerisms and they maybe will take on some of the language that you use, but they really are not
1: you. They are themselves. And how great is that? I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but we don't need another Danielle McCleary on this planet. We are (laughs) a okay with one. Uh, It's just crazy.
0: It's just a constant growth exercise and I think it's pretty pretty awesome
1: no matter if you have one kid or 10 kids well and I'm sure you've learned a lot about yours like just about resilience and like getting through it from your son who's like been going through chemo and you know all he, these. Things. like I'm sure you've learned so much from him
0: yeah talk about a superhero talk about a kind awesome I'll get into it another time awesome awesome kid Danielle, thank you so, so much, guys. Danielle McCleary. Follow her on Instagram. It's Danielle underscore on the daily. Listen to her podcast on the daily. Honestly, I get it. We all are like, don't have a lot of time anymore for listening because we're like so just always with our families. But Danielle's podcast is just this positivity, this like light that just listen to it once a week. I'm telling you, it's really, really worth it. It's made me smile a little bit more during these really shitty, shitty times. Um, is there anything else, Danielle, that you want people where where they where you want them to look for you?
1: If you are ever in Los Angeles and you want to come take SoulCycle, you can always come. Um, I teach when we're open. I teach in a few different studios here in Los Angeles. So if you do want to ever come and get a SoulCycle experience, come on, come on down. <gasps>
0: What's your like, do you have like a music that's your thing that you love when you're doing classes or no?
1: You know, I used to be the hip hop girl. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I still play a lot of hip hop music, but I Mm -hmm. just will play anything that is, I used to just play what I thought everybody else wanted to hear. Now I play stuff that I want to hear in that moment. And I found Mm -hmm. that it's a lot more effective because it's just more genuine and it's more authentic. So, I'll play anything from hip hop to oldies to Dermot mm-hmm. Kennedy to Mumford and Sons. Like, you just to like I played like Greatest Showman the other day. Like, you just really never know when you come to my class. It's really just, you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get an experience, guys. Awesome. If I'm ever in LA, because if
0: I ever go on a plane again, I'm going to try a soul cycle class with you.
1: Please. I would love that. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye.
0: something that there's absolutely no way that you guys will know this because obviously it's only audio, but Danielle is so cool. (laughs) Like I have been depending on who I'm talking to, uh, recording in my closet if there's a guest because, uh, I don't want to impact my family's living space by being in there. And it's a little bit quieter in here. So I'm sitting in my closet and Danielle popped on before I popped on. And I'm just like, I mean, I get it. She has her own podcast too. And she's definitely more professional than me. So she has like this wall that's the most beautiful wall. Like she had this really awesome, um, wallpaper and then she came on screen and she had just gotten a new puppy named Oakley and she was just she just looked awesome like she had these really awesome glasses on and she just looked cool and i just felt like so bummy around her but i don't know if you could tell from the conversation we super connected she uh i don't know she just made me look at things a little bit differently uh, I thought it was interesting, our conversation around kids being resilient, because I don't think that we were necessarily disagreeing that they are. We were just discussing how that doesn't mean leave, let it be. Um, and I just, I don't know. I really loved chatting with her, our conversation. Uh, could have gone on for hours. I know I say that about a lot of guests, but I'm trying to get people on here who are interesting and you guys would want to hear from. So it makes sense for our conversations to last longer than expected. But I don't know. I really, really liked that and I hope you guys did too. I think I said this in the end, but make sure you follow Danielle on Instagram. She will make you smile. Her Insta handle is Danielle underscore on the daily listen to her podcast after my podcast. (laughs) It's called On The Daily. If you live in the LA area, I would recommend taking a SoulCycle class from her. I don't think she's doing, I don't know how SoulCycle's digital um, app works, but um, if I'm ever in that area, I'm totally going to try SoulCycle, which I'm a little scared. I don't know if Peloton is like less than SoulCycle in terms, no, it's got to be the same, whatever. Either way, I'm going to take a class with Danielle if I ever can. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to False Expectations. If you guys have a false expectation, funny, serious, whatever, uh, send it my way. If you want to talk to me about it, I want to talk to you about it. If you just want me to talk about it, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, Unless it's like something really, really weird. Like, I don't even know what would be weird enough for me to not talk about it, but send it to me. Um, follow me, D. germadnig on Instagram. Follow the podcast, False Expectations, on Instagram. Um, like and subscribe wherever you listen to pods. Share us with your friends. Tell me where you're listening. Tell me when you're listening. Rate and review so people who aren't my friends <laughs> can find the podcast. And I will talk to you guys next week.